Welcome to San Diego News Fix, The Backstory. I'm Luis Cruz. Every week on this podcast, we tackle important questions about journalism ethics and give you a behind the scenes look at our industry and what's happening in our newsroom. This week, we wrote about a monkeypox vaccination program coordinated by the county ahead of San Diego Pride weekend. The story was criticized by some LGBTQ leaders. Joining me today to talk about that are healthcare reporter Paul Sisson, Topics Editor Tarsi Connors, Managing Editor Laura Sacalo. We also have Max Disposti, Executive Director of the North County LGBTQ Resource Center. And we begin with publisher and editor Jeff Light. Jeff? Yeah, thank you, Luis. Um, yeah, you know, the work uh, that we do as journalists turns out to be uh, both consequential and um, and pretty complex at times. And I think this story is an example of how the, uh, the positioning of the news, the prominence of news, the context or lack of context, the words that are used, the headline, how those things can turn a public service story into one that could potentially be a stigmatizing story or uh, depending on your perspective, feed into the history of, uh, of hate and stigmatization, uh, in, in this case, in the LGBTQ community. So there's a lot of layers to this and uh, I think some lessons to be learned, but let's just start with the basics um, so that uh, our readers and our listeners can follow along. Um, so I'll start with you, Paul. Paul Sisson, could you just uh, share, you know, what are the basic facts of the story? What is it that was that's going on? Sure, yeah, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to uh, chat about this a little more. I think it's really important that we have these kinds of conversations in, in you know, sensitive areas like this where we, we want to do a good job and, and, you know, we need to be self-critical, of course. Um, in this case, uh, the county put out a press release at uh, roughly 5 p.m., on Tuesday, uh, this Tuesday, uh, and published it on their website as well, uh, letting uh, the entire community know that they uh, were asking uh, for a, an increased level of what they what they said was abstinence uh, during the uh, Pride Week festivities that are coming up this weekend, and also letting the community know that uh, they they were running a special uh, vaccination event, uh, a couple days before pride weekend, uh, this Wednesday and Thursday, uh, I was able to get a hold of the, uh, epidemiology director, Dr. Seema Shah, uh, shortly before that, uh, press, uh, release came out, um, and, uh, talked to her about what some of the motivations were. Uh, she told me in our interview that, uh, they were, they were directly concerned about, uh, this disease spreading. Uh, and they cited uh, specifically uh, the the increases in cases and increased demand uh, for vaccine in other cities that had previously had Pride events uh, in Los Angeles and San Francisco. They cited specifically, but but as I understand it, uh, you know this has been uh, kind of a recurring theme in Spain, uh, Germany, uh, several different places uh, where uh, Pride events have occurred. Uh, they have subsequently seen. Uh, a monkey pro an increase in monkeypox infections uh, in in uh, specific uh, men who have sex with men population, uh, and that was what it said indeed uh, in the uh, the county's press release, and also in uh, in some information that I saw on Twitter 
uh, from the Pride Foundation as well uh, about the vaccine event and, and promoting it. Um, and so uh, that, uh, you know, I, I took a little time to, to look around and, and see, uh, you know, what the numbers looked like in, in other cities. And it did seem like uh, in San Francisco, for example, I think before their Pride event, they had something like four cases. Uh, and when I checked it on Tuesday, it was up to 60. Um, and then, uh, you know, since then, I, I looked again, actually, just this morning, and uh, I think they're up to 68 now. Uh, Los Angeles is now up to 82 cases. Uh, you know, I, I saw in a Los Angeles Times story that uh, just last week they were in the 40s. So it does seem like uh, the, inf the infections have been spreading, uh, you know. Uh, so it, it just seemed like a, a public health kind of situation where mm -hmm. we, here we have our, our local public health uh, department uh, reaching out, uh, not just uh, to a specific community, but to the entire community uh, to try to encourage vaccination. And I guess my thinking was, you know, they said they only had 600 doses. And so it seemed like we wanted to let people know as directly as we could, hey, you can, there's a limited number of vaccines and here's where you can get one. Here's a number that you can call uh, to get vaccinated. Uh, and it does seem like this is an actual public health concern that where, where we have demonstrated growth in cases um, following these specific events that our government uh, public health department is citing in a, in a public release to the entire community posted there on their website. So uh, okay. that's kind of yeah. how it went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, that part of it sounds pretty straightforward. So uh, uh, we published this story and then I just wanted to share a little of the feedback received. Um, uh, here's a tweet from Fernando Lopez, who's uh, the head of uh, San Diego Pride. Uh, did a pretty terrific job in, in that position, I think. Uh, fuck the media, sensationalizing monkeypox is a, is a gay disease, period. And then um, some other feedback I got, it was maybe a little more uh, nuanced. Uh, uh, and I'll just read from an email I got from uh, an acquaintance of mine. Um, I, I simply don't understand why the UT would cover a story as though this is a gay disease when there are literally six, maybe seven cases. Who does this article serve at this point? The reporter took something that is peer-to-peer -peer advocacy, put it on a community, and it looks that it's simply not okay. So that's a very different uh, uh, perspective uh, on the story. Uh, uh, that we published, and I, I want to, and I think there's some important, uh, some important uh, issues uh, in those comments. But let me turn to you, Max. Thank and you. So, Max, see if you can walk me through why this story would um, uh, be such a, 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 a such a, a touchstone for those emotions that we just heard about, and, and help me understand. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, thanks, everyone, for the opportunity. And obviously, I speak for what I see in the community. Uh, the LGBT Center is an agency that provides services and resources to LGBT people, including clinical services and testing. We've done a lot of vaccinations around COVID and so forth. Just to give you a context for the people who are listening about why I'm even here. Um, so the issue is, is, is definitely the contest. It's not about a particular word in the article, it's the contest. We have to be extremely careful because, uh, you know, the AIDS time, and I'm not trying to compare this epidemic with what happened, but the price that our community has paid throughout 
you know, the past four years about the stigmatization of an infection that actually it's not necessarily actually so far. I mean, we know more around the LGBT community because a lot of our folks get tested a lot because we do a lot of public health information within the LGBT community. So we have data that comes from pride and from LGBT experiences. And we can say, hey, we have five infections. Now we have four, four infections. There is nothing wrong about sharing public data that actually are useful to the population. But the context is more what we don't say than what we said. So I'll give you an example. We just came out from uh, a, a sequel. Of, I'm, I'm just talking about San Diego County of 4 of July parties. Uh, community events. Uh, Comic-Con is coming up, I believe, right? Next week. Um, mm-hmm. So there are major, major events and major public gathering. And there was never, ever a mention about the risk of, Montipo- uh, of monkeypox. We need to go back to the basics. This is an infection, can, can be obviously transmitted through sexual contact, but not only through sexual contact, right? Uh, it, it, it looks like a Forgive me, I mean, at least in the last report, I saw it's like skins to skin. So it could be really anything else beyond even sexual contact. Um, but even if those are not the only experiences, the only places where people exchange, you know, interactions. Uh, the Padres game, and not to point out the Padres, nobody will, you know, go after me because of that. But the games are statistically a breeding ground for trafficking, sexual experiences, legal or not. There is a lot going on around any public event. So to me, being silent about the dynamics on infection, there is worrisome. And I'm glad that we have the first 600 vaccine. Our agency are doing our best to talk to our people, as, of course. But to pick pride as the only event where we should be worried about just because we have these cases from San Francisco and because, again, this has to do with the relationship that our community has established with public health because we had to take charge and ownership of our own health. So we are usually very ahead of the curve about telling our folks, you know, do take care of yourself. This is how you do it. We have conversation around affirming uh, sex practices, for instance, and, and harm reductions approach that helps the community. But this has been usually, it, it conveys an idea that this is just something that only LGBT people need to be worried about. Now, I know the Pride is the biggest event in San Diego, so I know there was not an intention behind, so I'm not blaming anyone that had an intention to do that, but the stigmatization is already happening. The county perhaps has a responsibility to have released that in a bad timing, because, again, we had this news in the past few weeks. Um, It hasn't come out as a public health issue. Now it comes out a few days prior pride. Again, the intent of the county was to inform, prevent and support people. I know there was no ill intent, but at the same time, you see how the perfect storm here has caused an idea where our people are terrified. And besides the terrifications of LGBT pride events have been targeted by right-wing supremacists throughout the U.S. So we have issues of people that are telling us, I cannot go, I'm afraid. So we have that level of fear and isolation, and now we have this. So I will just invite, the context is really important. Again, we haven't spoke about monkeypox to any of these public events that just occurred a week ago from now. And now we're all creating a health crisis around it. I think I'm concerned about monkeypox. I'm glad that we have vaccines already. I would maybe focus in why only 600, why we can provide, since we know so much, why we can provide 60,000, so whatever is the number, right? So maybe we can have conversation around that. Instead, the focus has been like sending out the release, 
pride is happening and people, the regular folks, the people that are not LGBT people automatically are associated monkeypox uh, monkey with the LGBT community. And you can't take away from that association unless you do education, education. So it sets the back in the conversation because now we have to explain, hey, by the way, this is not a gay infection. Uh, and that's the concern the community is experiencing right now in relations to that uh, sharing. Yeah, and 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 uh, I do think Max, the context of the kind of uh, uh, threat that the LGBTQ community is under uh, generally right now is also very important context. But uh, Laura Sakala, let me um, uh, let me turn to you for a moment because I thought one of the interesting um, uh, points made in that email that I was reading was. We, as a media organization, took a peer-to-peer -peer effort, and then we transformed it into a public uh, uh, issue, right? So uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, how we handle like in-group speech versus out-group speech, and the concept that, you know, this, the same facts mean different things to different people and, and how we handle it as journalists. Right. Well, that that's exactly what I was was going to say, that that the same set of facts, um, you know, could have very different meanings and implications to various groups and, and various people. And I think, you know, as Max was just saying, the context of this information, these set of facts is critical as it always is. Um, we deal with issues of in-group and out-group communication and speech all of the time in, in various ways in the reporting that we do. And I think it's really critical that we keep that in mind and that we reflect as we're doing our work about what is, at least at its root, in-group conversations and communication versus out-group. I, I don't want to speak for Paul or, or his editor, Tarsi. I think perhaps part of the complication around this story was that what, what may have on one level been in-group speech also became a public notification around the vaccines being made available. And I think that was a conscious effort on the part of the county so that that information was distributed as widely as, as possible. So yes, there, there is in-group uh, conversation going on about this and communication. I think the awareness on Paul's part was because the county was making it a very public uh, notification. And that is different. And I think, you know, on our part, we have to recognize both levels of communication there, that there was uh, an in-group element to this that maybe we weren't as aware of or sensitive to or cognizant of uh, initially. Yeah, and, and just to put a, a, a plainer face on that, I guess what we're talking about there is uh, the work that in this case, Pride and the county health, uh, public health people might have been doing together. Hey, let's, uh, let's work together because we're good stewards of the public health, both of us. 
uh, uh, is a different context than, hey, community, uh, there's this vaccination program around pride, which then touches on these toxic fault lines in a traumatized right. community about how they will be perceived in the general community. So that that's what I meant by those same facts, right? But very different meaning in those two contexts, right? And and you know, one thing that Max mentioned that I also think is important is yes, the the incidents of this are rare in in San Diego County. You know, there are six known cases. Um, but I think that there has also, and I was conscious of the fact that there's also been discussion in, in other cities, especially around vaccines, that characterizing this as rare also has some risk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, same set of facts, but those could be interpreted very differently. And and is it stigmatizing or marginalizing to treat this as such a rare thing and, and potentially miss uh, a larger story because uh, it's being treated as a rare kind of, uh, right. you know, off disease. And, and certainly all sorts of risks going around. Oh, things that we're uh, 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 afraid to talk about in the public health realm that, that actually, you know, also has, has uh, uh, very bad consequences. So I wanted to get back to Tarsi and Paul. So Tarsi, I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, uh, after we started getting feedback on this story, we had some conversations about, ah, uh, we may have missed uh, some layers of context that are pretty important in this story. Um, so I, I just thought maybe um, you could address how we tried to, uh, to, uh, um, to uh, improve this story or what other reporting went into it or, or your thoughts generally on this difficult topic? Yeah, it was, it was um, our approach was we got a release from the county regarding what they said was a public health matter, right? That was our initial um, approach going in. Um, the county talked about collaborating with Pride and other organizations. And I think that that's where we sort of tripped up in, to a degree was the county saying we've been having in, in conversations so that there was this that implying that they had buy-in from um, the LGBTQ community. Um, and Fernando, well, um, buy-in on the programming or buy-in on publicity? Maybe on um, publicity, right? right yes, see. and and um, and Fernando spoke to that, but again, I don't think that it. I I certainly didn't. Um, I I didn't go beyond that. I, I looked at it as a purely public health issue, um, as opposed to looking at at the larger ramifications of of reporting on that. I mean, I think our reporting was correct. I think I can certainly understand how others would have perceived it as being very narrow um, and not attempting to understand the community. I, I'm keenly aware of these, the stigma um, that accompanied um, the AIDS epidemic um, that does indeed persist um, to today. And that actually in, was in the back of my mind as we were doing this story and Paul and I genuinely were trying to 
avoid doing just that. Um, unfortunately, we didn't succeed. Um, and we tried to get more voices to weigh in on that. We went back to the county to try to get them to explain their reasoning um, about how they went about it. Um, were they, did they make any effort at all um, to avoid stigmatizing um, the community? So we did go back and try to under, I think, gain a greater understanding of how we could have done better. Did we, were we really hearing all of the voices that needed to be heard and um, to, to give it all of the context um, that Max um, has raised? Okay, Paul, you were trying to jump in earlier. Yeah, I guess I would note that uh, you cited one voice that was critical of this story. Um, you know, another organization, the center, when I asked them, you know, you guys asked me to go out and, uh, and do some additional reporting uh, yesterday and get some context and talk about stigmatization. So I, you know, I asked them to comment on that. And they said, hey, great story. We really liked it. Um, so I, I'm characterizing this as the entire community is homogeneously feeling like this this approach was stigmatizing. I don't know if that's entirely accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And here's a story. Here's another point that I wanted to make. You know, before I wrote this story, I, I cast about and did what I could. You know, I mean, we got this interview with the county at four. The press release came out at five. So there just wasn't a lot of time between then and deadline to write this story. Uh, and, and I wanted to make sure that I tracked down somebody from the LGBT community to comment in the story. And, you know, that takes a little time making calls or frantically calling as many people as you can think of to get somebody to comment on deadline. Uh, but I did see this story that was published uh, last week by the LA Times. And they talked about this very stigmatization issue. Uh, mm -hmm. I also listened to some of the first updates that the CDC uh, did on, on the, they, they have these uh, calls where reporters can call in. And as far back as May, excuse me, uh, they were, they were indicating that the epidemiological data was indicating that these monkeypox infections in fact, are incurring mostly in the MSM uh, community. Uh, this is, uh, there is data to suggest that these infections are to a large extent occurring in, the, in this population and, and associated with these specific events. Uh, and here's something that, uh, that the LA Times uh, said, uh, you know, they, they quoted a gentleman who, uh, who was an activist uh, in uh, the named uh, Weinstein, uh, I understand the concern about stigmatizing gay men, but if our concern about not stigmatizing these groups, Trump's actually informing them, that's a major problem. Yeah, yeah, I think that goes right to the the very dilemma at the heart of the story. Of course, I think the question really maybe might be more informed how and by who. So you know, in this case, Pride has an entire campaign running to inform uh, uh, attendees uh, uh, of uh, these public health concerns, that might be different than uh, using the Union Tribune or how the Union Tribune uh, may have handled the material. So I think both things can be true. Max, I'm gonna give you the last word on this. Uh, um, I, I, it looked like you had something to say as well. I, I just hope we don't get into I appreciate the conversation because I know there is a lot of work that goes behind this and I don't mean to disregard or discard the work and the thought process behind. So I'm not here to accuse anyone of intentionally doing anything, but we do need to take the responsibility of uh, two facts. Once the county has chosen the wrong time. And again, this is not about non-informing the public or not making a big deal about a risk that we do uh, my encounter experience. I remind you that 
we are public service providers that they are educating the community even when nobody else is talking about it. So it's definitely, uh, it has been always our responsibility in the past 40 years. I don't know, Paul, I don't mean to disregard what you say about the communication you have with the San Diego LGBT Center. I don't know who you spoke to, but I know this conversation we had over and over and over in any crisis and our leaderships are really strong together. So usually we're connected with the community. We know when we speak of, uh, I could say that it is quite representative of the people that are doing this work in the community at least. And of course, every gay person can have a different perspective. This is not about, don't tell me this story because I don't want to be stigmatized. It has nothing to do with that. And it, to me, asserting that runs another risk. It tells us, oh, let's, let's put it under a rag because we don't want to compromise this event or that event. This is absolutely not because we are the one bringing these concerns in front line even when our communities, actually the straight communities, highly affected even if HIV infection, yet they are not doing their own job to educate people. And we take the responsibility and the stigma to carry on as, an, as, a, as a, a world disease, which as you know, affects the majority heterosexual people versus LGBT people in the rest of the world. So that's one thing. That's the second, even the latest, we have a meningite crisis, crisis for instance. You see how the, the, the meningite crisis which is airborne, so they can be spread really easily in any contest, it's actually very deadly. Um, yet those were, we had uh, situations even in LA between the LGBT community, we took over in charge of that uh, epidemic like two years ago, just, oh, just prior to COVID. And we did our job to inform everyone the way we did it was not stigmatizing, it was not re-perpetuating the stigma that this is just happening to us. We know that it's happening to everyone, but we're taking care of the community. So I'm a little bit concerned about the narrative of trying to justify um, of something that the county did wrong, in my opinion, again, was the wrong time. Why the county didn't come out with a public announcement two weeks ago with all the 4th of July celebrations? Why the county hasn't come up with all the games that we have in San Diego? Why the county is, they, it was the wrong timing. To me, again, the intention was not to harm. I totally agree, I understand, but the timing was wrong. And it, if the press doesn't understand the contest, um, it, it's not about not repeating and sharing the information. It's understanding, like doing a little bit more work and say, hey, uh, this appears to be, it's one of the biggest celebrations coming up, but this is not just about pride. You know, what are we doing in the schools, uh, in the college, excuse me, you know, for preventing this when these colleges are going to open in, in August, for instance, or, so the conversation was very dry, very direct, and once again, re-stigmatizing, even though the intent was not absolutely, uh, uh, you know, done in that, in that direction. So I'm a little bit concerned that we're we, we still giving for granted, this is just happening in LGBT community, even though the data shows that. Uh, the MSM community, by the way, Paul, uh, is men having sex with men, which also includes straight people, by the way. And that's why there is a denomination MSM, because there are a lot of people that identify as LGBT or gay, which they have sex with people of the same sex. So that's a huge community. It doesn't even go to pride, right? Yeah. And, and so we are using that terminology, not understanding what it means, when in reality it has to do with a population that usually is in the closet, that maybe is married with heterosexual marriage and so forth. Um, so there is a lot to say around that. And you see how uh, try to simplify the message causes the problem that we have witnessed in the past few days. And yeah, yeah. thank you for the opportunity. I'm sorry to say I took too much time on that.
No, no, not at all. I thought that was very well said, Max. And I, I think, you know, you really got the, at, the, at the essence of the issue at hand here, which is uh, as journalists, we, we do simplify the, the virtue or the, the value of journalism is out of complexity, clarity. But that's the goal. But I think the, uh, the other challenge in simplifying is the other essential part of journalism is understanding uh, uh, events from many different perspectives, right? Genuinely presenting, exploring, and understanding what things mean to different people from different points of view. And uh, that's something that we're constantly learning. And, um, uh, you know, I think there are lessons learned uh, in this story. So I really want to thank uh, all of you for uh, taking the time to talk about it. Uh, um, uh, and with that, I'm going to turn it back to you, Elise. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you, Paul, Tarsi, and Laura. And special thanks to Max Desposti for joining us on such short notice. That does it for this special edition of San Diego News Fix. Don't forget to listen to San Diego News Fix with Christy Totten for an in-depth look at local stories making headlines throughout the week. You can find San Diego News Fix wherever you get your podcasts. For everyone at the San Diego Union Tribune, thank you very much for listening and for supporting local journalism. Have a great day, everybody.